Hello, Swoon Squad. Do you love 90s TV shows like Friends and Allie McBeal and slow burn fake dating romances? Well, good news. I Want It That Way is all that and a bag of chips. Hello, Swoon Squad. Welcome, welcome, welcome to While You're Reading, a podcast for contemporary romance readers. I'm your host, USA Today bestselling romantic comedy author, Lisa Daly. So today on While You're Reading, we will be talking I Want It That Way with romantic comedy author Karen Gray. If you don't know Karen, she is a USA Today bestselling and award-winning author of vintage romantic comedies with smart heroines and hunky heroes. Drawing on a long career as a performer, her retro 80s and 90s romances are populated with characters working both on and off stage in theater and film. I do love a good Hollywood romance. Welcome, 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 Karen Gray. I am so excited to talk to you about I Want It That Way. I I loved, absolutely loved this book. I thought it was just charming and delightful and super fun. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, I am excited to be here. It's it's so nice to see your face. I mean, we got to meet, <laughs> what, like nine months ago in person, but um, it's good to see you again. And yeah, I love talking about my books. <laughs> well, that's good. I loved reading your book, so we're going to make a good we'll make a good match today. So, let's talk about the book. Can you give us just a little quick overview of the setup and the plot of the story? Well, this is the third book in my Carolina Classic series. They are written as standalones, but it's um a series that's sort of a found family group of friends. And um, this book is about Danny, who's a woman, uh, Danielle, but she goes by Danny for short. And she does sort of, she's, these books take place in the 1990s. Um, All my books are what I call nostalgic or retro romantic comedies. Um, My first series was set in the 80s. This one is set in the 90s. And it's all around um, people who work behind the scenes in uh, television and movies, specifically uh, around a series that I call Lawson's Reach, uh, (laughs) which is shot in Wallington, North Carolina. I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, where Dawson's Creek was shot in the late 1990s. So um, I obviously just take a little step to the left <laughs> in order to avoid getting in trouble with um, uh, the, <laughs> re- the, the reality police. Right. Um, so in this book, Danny kind of works, she works as a driver to celebrities. She's a location scout. She's kind of like putting it all together and she ends up driving the producing director on the, on the series who happens to have been a childhood TV star. And um, they both have issues to work out. And it kind of turns out that having a fake relationship, which then morphs into a secret marriage, both helps them work out um, their issues in the bigger picture, on in the outer world, but more, more important, their issues on the inside. Right. Um, and then there's, my books tend to straddle sort of really deep emotional journeys, but there's a lot of silly, goofy, funny I'm told 
uh, things that <laughs> happen along the way. I can confirm that. They're very fun reads. They're very entertaining reads, but there definitely is a lot of depth there, which I really appreciate as a reader. And I, I think especially in romantic comedies that a lot of times uh, depth is kind of sacrificed. So I, I really did appreciate the fullness of these characters. So... <laughs> One of the things I think is really interesting is that Danny, the main character, is very much not interested in having kids. And that, and I feel like it's not too much of a spoiler because it's a lot in the beginning of the book. And it's it's not a topic that we see very often very often in romance, right? And I really love how Danny has to keep fighting for her bodily autonomy. She has, she wants to have her tubes tied and so, because she's not interested in having kids, knows that this is not for her. And yet she is face, you know, she has to go to the doctor and a therapist and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and it's her body and she just don't want to, and I, I really love that you tackled this topic because I think that there are a lot of, folks who are having trouble with this. And I think there are a lot of other people who cannot fathom that a woman who's, you know, in her late twenties could not go into a doctor and say, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to deal with birth control for the rest of my life. I would like to have my, you know, tubes tied. And that this is not something that just happens automatically. Yeah. I mean, and again, my books are written in the, in the, recent history. Right. Um, so you could say, well, that was just happening in the 90s. But actually, the reason I wrote this book was I happened upon an interview or an article, maybe, and then I dove into so many other right. uh, interviews and articles uh, where it is still happening today. Um, even though there's no law against it, but um, right. the majority of uh, OBGYNs um, are very conservative about um, the tubal ligation procedure. Um, and understandably on some level, it is not reversible. So that that's, you know, I'm sure they have had situations where people regretted it. However, there gets, I mean, Danny has to go to many doctors and I right. talk to people, um, who this happened to and how frustrating it was and how demeaning it can be, especially because, um, even now it, it's like, you have to have a husband sitting next to you saying, this is what I want too. Right. Um, so yeah, it was just something I really felt like you said, it, it's not something you read about. And, um, I've had many reviewers, um, write, uh, that they appreciated that you don't have to have children to have a happy ending. You know, that that is not for everybody. I have kids, you know, it's, it's, um, that was my choice. I was lucky. I was able to have them. Um, but I totally understand, um, why that would not be the case for everybody. Yeah. I think that is, I have the same thing. I have, uh, kids, I love them. And I, um, but I also have friends who were like, nope, it's not for me. And I, honestly, I think it's better if you are a person who does not want to have children, I don't think you should. <laughs> and so, and so, and, I, and then more than that, I don't think anybody should like try and stand in your way. If you're like, I don't want, that's not for me. That's the thing. I love one of the things that we're seeing so much in romance right now, which is that we really are expanding the world to be, you know, people who are facing all different types of situations who have different, you know, it's not all the same tall, dark and handsome and, 
you know, blonde heroine and whoo, swooning and all like everything's perfect. And then we sail off into the sunset. I, I like the fact that your characters are dealing with these sort of complex situations, but Danny very much knows her mind. Like she's like this, I know what's going on up here. This is my life. These are my choices. And I love a character who, even if, even if she has other things that are kind of more let's say wobbly in her life that, you know, right. That like really determined on uh, in particular on this, on this issue. And I really, really like that. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is that I want it that way is obviously populated with celebrities and Hollywood types. And Danny is adjacent to that world, but she is not in that world. And so and I know that a number of your books, obviously, are, you know, sort of this, that similar setup. And so what is it about that? Do you have something in your background that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so tell. Um, my training is in acting. And I um, have been an actor since I was 20, I don't know, since I was 18, maybe. Um, but I was a professional actor for a long time. Um, I worked in theater. Um, I worked in film and TV and commercials, and I was an audiobook narrator for 20 some years. And my husband is a sound mixer. So he was, um, he works in film and TV production. So my first series was about actors um, in a Shakespeare company. And the people that they end up with are, are do different things. Sure. And in this one, the reason I wanted to do that was I felt like, you know, most of the actors that are in romance novels or any sort of novels are the ones we see, you know, the sort of um, the big time stars. But right. a lot of people don't know about what it's like to be a working actor, to be what we call a journeyman actor yeah. who makes their living. But if you see them on TV, you're like, oh, I've seen that guy. that guy. Right. Yeah, I know that guy. And like, if you live in LA, like we did for a long time, if you, you'll run into people in the grocery store and you're like, wait a minute, do I know you know you, or do I know you from television? Because, right. you know, every, everywhere you go, your yoga class, your it's, it's people who are kind of familiar. And then the same thing with, um, um, my husband's part of the job, uh, part of the industry. It's, people don't know that much about what goes on behind the scenes and the minutiae and the, and the, and the expertise that mm -hmm. it requires and the hard work and how boring it is and how exciting it is, all those sort of things. And since I have sort of a bird's eye view on both of those worlds, I thought it would be fun to do one series that was mostly about theater um, and the other that was mostly about people who work behind the scenes. So even my celebrity character in this one, um, he is, struggling to transition to work as a television director. Um, and he only gets this job, really, he thinks anyway, because his best friend hired him. <laughs> so, you know, right. He has anxiety around, do I really want to do this? Can I, can I, can I do this job? Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of competition. No, co not competition, competence porn, in romance. <laughs> I love learning about what characters do and understanding their jobs and, and witnessing and um, uh, getting to know characters who are just kick-ass at what mm -hmm. they do. And so even this guy who thinks he doesn't know what he does, it's clear that he has the skill set 
and we sort of get to see that in action. I love, I mean, as a person who worked in television for 15 years, I love the authenticity of the, you know, of the production and, you know, being on set and all of that. I, I really thought you did such a nice job with that. What is it about, let's talk about Luke, let's talk about your love interest here, our, our former child actor <laughs> uh, with a new, with his new job. Um, what do you, what is it about Lucas that we think, that you think makes him such a swoony book boyfriend? Well, I think it's his vulnerability to mm -hmm. me, you know, to oh, yeah. me that makes a swoony man. I mean, obviously he's good looking, but of course. <laughs> his, his sort of, he's got an Achilles heel, both physically and inside. Um, he's losing his hair. And his whole identity as a child and then as a young adult actor was about, not his whole identity, but, you know, people- It was a lot about the hair. It was a lot about this gorgeous hair that he had and now it's thinning and he doesn't, you know, he can't accept it and that's really hard. Uh, that's not the only reason he doesn't want to act anymore. He no, of course. He, he doesn't think he's very good <laughs> and he's not interested in it. He's just, he's just been himself. And so that's his other- sort of vulnerability, which is he doesn't know who he is. Mm -hmm. He grew up in front of the camera and he has started to convince himself and believe that he doesn't, he almost doesn't exist as a real human being. He doesn't right. feel like he, he didn't have a childhood, that a normal childhood. And he had a good family. Like I know a lot of child actors really don't have terrible, you know, and we have all heard about them. Right. And so I didn't want to write that I wanted to have him have a supportive family, but it's still, it's, it's a bizarre way to grow up. And so he's really struggling with figuring out who he is at age 30, you know, something a lot of us do when we leave the nest right. early on. Right. Well, and that's the thing is a lot of these, um, a lot of child actors like, you know, they're, growth is sort of different. Like they have, they have to exhibit a lot more maturity when they're younger, but, it, but in some, I think in some areas, just as, as you mentioned that their, you know, their growth is stunted in some ways. And, and also you to have, I mean, some uh, parts of figuring out how, who you are as a human being involve, uh, especially like when we think about teenagers not caring about what their parents think, right? that's your brain's way of getting you ready to get to leave the nest. And that having who you are reflected back in your, from your friends is a major part of kind of developing your personality, right? If you're, you know, this people, especially teenagers, try on all these sort of different hats to kind of figure out who they are. But if you're doing that as your job and also everything that's reflected back to you about who you are is the character that you play in the movie or on TV, you're like, that's, really got to mess with your development, I would think, because you're right. You're like, you're only as good as your reviews, but also all these people love you because of this thing that's not. Yeah. You. It's like either hugely positive or right. hugely negative. If right. you do anything wrong, it's a big deal. Right. And then and who doesn't do something wrong? Right. Right. In, right. Exactly. So I, I really love that. I thought you did such a fantastic, fantastic job with that. Okay. And, and, oh, you guys, so uh, 
Swoon Squad, as you know, every week on While You Are Reading, we give away a copy of the book of the week. And of course, this week is no different. And so I am super excited. We are going to be giving away a copy of I Want It That Way by Karen Gray. All you need to do to enter is just go to whileyouareading.com or you can click the links uh, in the show notes below. Every week, my favorite contemporary romance authors and I get to exchange book recommendations. They tell me what I'd like. I tell them what I think they'd like. And so far, it's worked out pretty awesome for me, at least. I hope I'm going it the other way. So would you like to go first or you want me to recommend first? You go first. Okay. All right. So I am recommending, I don't have a copy of it, but I'll pop the cover up on the screen. My book recommendation to you is Priscilla Oliveris's Island Affair. It is smart, fun, funny take on a fake fiance romance. It takes place in Key West. So it's like reading it, you're like on your vacation, which is nice. And it's sort of the opposite of yours. You've got a social media influencer with a growing fan base who's going home to visit her perfect family and her real life love interest disappoints her as usual. And she ends up enlisting the help of a local firefighter named Luis, who is super hunky firefighter. I mean, anything, anytime you add a firefighter into a romance, I'm like, yes, please, I'm there. He agrees to play the part of her fiance uh, with her family. So that fabulous. And it's a couple of years old, but I love that book. I love Priscilla Oliveras. She is a terrific writer, super funny and fun. So that's my recommendation for you. What do you I got actually? For me? I've met Priscilla and she is lovely. And you should get her on this podcast. She would be an awesome guest. So. I definitely will. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. So I know a few months ago, we did something kind of fun together with a number of other romance authors that we know that we created this trope song where we sing about all of these, all of our favorite romance tropes. And you probably remember Priscilla uh, was kind enough to uh, jump, as were you, kind enough to jump in on that. <laughs> If you guys want to see that, it's up on YouTube, but I'll drop a link to it in the show notes below. Thank you for telling me that. I, I sort of know, like we don't, I don't think we've ever met at an event or anything, but we're very friendly on social media. And uh, I, I'm not surprised at all to know that she is a delightful human being. All right. So my got? recommendation for you um, released in late June. Uh, it is Liz Alden's. Oh, Riesling with my roommate, and I actually was a beta reader on this book, so I got to see it um, in an earlier form, and then later. And I just want to say it's it's just delicious um, uh, and a really interesting setup of um, a yoga teacher who ends needing a, needs a room, and she, it, it takes place in Germany. If this is in her European series, and so he she ends up living with this super grouchy uh, rock star that she does not, he's won, he won Eurovision, his band. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't know who he is. So it's, it's a great um, grouchy sunshine um, roommates romance. And I highly recommend it. Love it. All right. I'm writing this down. Riesling with my roommate. Love, love, love that. That is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. I have not read that book. Often I'm recommended books I already love or have I've already read, and I have not read that one yet. So nice job, you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
Good news, Swing Squad. If you love steamy hockey romantic comedies, you will be so happy to know that The Cutting Edge by yours truly, Lisa Daly, is in stores now. The Cutting Edge is a laugh out loud hockey romantic comedy perfect for fans of Pippa Grant and Helena Hunting. Logan Rivers is a star hockey player for the St. Pete Slatchers, and he is in a major slump, like a huge, huge slump. He has not scored in three games. It's starting to freak him out. Enter Coco, an Olympic figure skater who strikes a deal with an assistant coach to be Logan's lucky charm so she can pay off her training expenses. Everything is starting to look up for both of them. She's almost got her debt paid off. The slashers are on a winning streak. There's only one problem. She doesn't know how to tell him she's been lying to him the whole time. If she can just keep her secret until the playoffs are over. The Cutting Edge is in stores now. Will you be my book boyfriend? So would Lucas make a good book boyfriend? Well, let's think about this. Lucas gives office supplies as gifts. And I have to tell you, that's my kind of guy. This is a guy who wants to make sure you have all the sticky notes and highlighters you'll ever need to make your dreams come true. Yes. Second, he lets Danny in and he really lets himself be a bit vulnerable. And I think that we all like to crack that shell sometimes. Number three, he has a lovely sort of supportive family. And I think that when you have a a guy has a supportive family, he ends up being, in most cases, a supportive guy. I want it that way. Lucas is a fabulous four ring book boyfriend. Let's talk tropes. Okay, I Want It That Way has some of our absolute favorite tropes. You got the fake fiance. You got the child actor trying to find his way as an adult. You've got a Hollywood star falling for a normal human being. You've got only one bed, workplace romance, figuring out who you are as a person. All good. All right, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Daly. Thank you so much for listening, Swoonies. Now, as is our way here on While You Were Reading, we are giving away a copy of I Want It That Way to a lucky winner this week. So to enter, you're just going to head on over to whileyouarereading.com or click the link below in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for subscribing, sharing, and rating while you are reading. I am just incredibly grateful for your support of the show. And remember, if anyone ever asks you exactly when it was you fell madly in love with contemporary romance, you can always tell them it was while you were reading. All my love till next time.